Go away. <laughs> Probably never going to finish that conversation. Oh, no. That's how it goes. We go, we go into flow, so. Got to get, got to get it right into that sucker. Right into the mic. Like that. So it'll, it'll swing this way. Stranger to microphones right in your face? Nope. Perfect. I am not. Right. <laughs> Five, four, three, two, one. Thank you, Raul. It's uh, wonderful that you spend a lot of your time helping people for absolutely no monetary return. So I figured I'd take you up on that. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. And then hopefully this can help more than just me and if five people see it and then they get something out of it then that's making your time more valuable then i've gotten something out of it that's right there you go <laughs> yeah no, money's just one one thing that's all yeah. that's all it is so so i uh i want to be a bit selfish mm -hmm. and and work through my own stuff and then help hope that that helps somebody else okay sure so uh yeah, being a 24-year-old new dad that <laughs> hadn't expected to be a dad. Yeah. It's uh, opened my eyes to a couple things. That must have definitely changed your life, but maybe changed your perspective on life a yeah, bit, yeah, I would definitely. imagine. Yeah, I mean, I would have just been doing the exact same thing, and I probably never would have looked at myself and gone, maybe there's some stuff you should work on there. So. Maybe. More than likely, you would have still done it. Just not now. Yeah. You know, I, I, everything happens in the right time. Yeah. Not before, not after. So, you know, it's like, I was all people, you know, like death. Death is a hard thing for people to really grasp. Well, you know, my, my son just lost a good buddy of his uh, to a car accident, 18 years old, just graduated. Future ahead of him. You know, he's trying to, you know, find some sort of rhyme and reason to why he died. And I said, you can never figure that out. It was just his time. That's it. You know, we, 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 we try to theorize things when we can't wrap our heads around it or well, no one knows God's plan. Oh, it's his time to go. That's it. He did what he did and that's it. You know, so to me it's the same thing when, you know, you supposedly get it become aware, enlightened, whatever, you know. There is no formula, there is no script that says, okay, Patrick, when you're 24, you're gonna, when, no. Based on your perception, based on how you see yourself and feel about yourself, based on where you are in life, you'll either connect or not connect. You know, if, if the experiences you're having are not, no longer serving you, if how you feel about you inside truly feel inside about who you are is not serving you, you'll make a choice to either shift or not shift. But it'll never happen when someone says or based on some schedule. It'll happen when you are ready, when you say so. And that's it. So, so to me, you know, 24 and you're not so much maybe questioning, but just looking at who you are and where you are and how you're walking and now that you've got eyes upon you, you know, you take that seriously. Good. Good for you. Yeah, the, 
the eyes on me thing is, is definitely huge because I hadn't really put that together, but now I can't just hide away from what I'm at, like how I actually feel about right. my life and myself. And now it's, it's like I get, I feel like I have a pretty long fuse with my temper, but when I hit the, the limit of that, mm -hmm. I kind of lose a little you bit. You lose it, yeah. And, you know, if I'm, if I'm 17 and playing sports and I lose it on a guy playing football, that's just like part of the thing. Right. But if I'm a 24-year-old losing it on a one-year-old girl, mm -hmm. well, then you look absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's putting that in a, in a new light. Like, yeah, okay, yeah. Maybe, maybe my temper is something that I should figure out. Well, and look at it. I mean, why are you getting angry in that moment? Is it, is it the situation? Is it residual anger that you have inside of you that you've not dealt with? Um, is it that you're simply not taking care of yourself and that you're tired and not hydrated? You know what I mean? So, that, you know, somewhere along the line, We've either we've conditioned ourselves or we've been told that we're only here to have good experiences. No, you're here to have all the experiences. And anger is one of the experiences we're really not taught how to be good with. It's a healthy emotion. Nothing wrong with anger. It's how we express it. And I find that when you express it, even if not in the ways you like, you're going to learn from it. And you'll learn how to manage it. And not how to beat yourself up with it. What, a lot of times what keeps us stuck is the fact that we beat ourselves up over those so-called negative experiences. Why did I do this? Why didn't I do that? Wah, wah, wah. My thing, what I've learned is that if we're here to have all the experiences, then you have to value all of them, not just the perceived good ones. In your 24 years of life, you've had challenging experiences, have you not? Did you learn from them? Did Probably. you grow from them? I would say so. If you did, how are they bad? Right. We're here to experience all things, not some things, not just one side of the equation, not just love. We're here to experience all things, because how do you know love without fear? How do you know the light without dark? We've created a world of duality of contrast so we can understand that. So, so I always invite people to be gentle with yourself. What I mean by that is when those experiences happen that you perceive to be bad, can you be gentle with yourself to not beat yourself up because you just did this? Can you not shame yourself? And that's a big thing that a lot of people carry around, shame. Something must be wrong with me because I did this. Uh, and guilt. But guilt is okay because guilt says, okay, I did screw up. Shame says something is wrong with you, that you're broken. So. If you can learn how to be gentle with yourself when you're having those types of episodes, then you can see it for what it is. You can go, okay, I don't need to be shameful. I don't need to be guilty. Just be in and value the ex and, and, and observe the experience and what do I have to learn from it? So, you know, I mean, that's what I've learned. That's how I've kind of gotten to this point. And this is when you, you know, say I'm here to help you. I'm not here to help you. At least I don't think, you know, I'm, I'm just here to share. I'm here to present maybe a different perspective on how to look at things. But more importantly, a 
different perspective on how you choose to look at yourself. That's it. I'm just a guy that can come in and maybe clear some of the trees out of your forest so you can see, right? But not see what I want you to see. What is it that you want to see? And what do you want to see from the inside out? Most of us are still looking externally, looking for answers where everything that we desire actually lives inside. So, um, I don't know. So, I don't know. I just, I just talk. Yeah. <laughs> I just talk. Yeah, and it's, and it's helpful because you can't, like the, the advice of like, oh, just you know, take a breath and relax about it. Yeah. But if you're in the thick of that emotion, that's, that's so much easier said than done. Yeah. So it's hard to, it's hard to be upset about something and have the first thought in your head be, oh, I should just not take myself so seriously. And, yeah. And let myself have a out for being. But mad. you get to that by taking yourself seriously, right. by being angry. How else are you going to get to that other side if you don't go through those experiences? It is important, and I can't emphasize this enough, to value all the experiences. At one time, I was an extremely angry man. And people confuse that with getting angry. There's a difference. To this day, I can still get angry. Trust me, you could piss me off. Or the other way to look at it is that I allow myself to get pissed off based on things that you may do. But either way, I can get angry. I'm pretty sure I'm not an angry man anymore. I'm not carrying stuff from my past. I'm not carrying suffering from my experiences. And this is one of the reasons why people feel like they're always stuck in the past because they can't bring meaning to the suffering from the experiences that they've had. And I say suffering because it's not pain. When the experience happens, pain happens. Pain is not, it's not, pain is not optional. Living in this world, you're going to go through pain. That's how we grow. Suffering is a different story. Suffering is that because I don't understand or like the experience, I kind of play it over in my head over and over, like, you know, the movie Groundhog's Day. You yeah. keep, like, it's happening, like it's happening right now. So the pain is real now. No, it's not. The pain was real when it happened, and it went away. Sometimes it can go away in a second, sometimes a minute, an hour, a day, a month, a year, a decade depending on what the experience was, but it will eventually go away. It will eventually subside. But if you can't bring meaning to the experience, this is where suffering comes into play. And you keep repeating it. You keep acting like you can somehow go back and change it. And, and, and you carry this guilt or this shame around it when, no, the experience happened. I don't want you to forget about the experience because it's a valuable experience. The wisdom that you seek is attached to the experience, but it's hard to see the wisdom if you're constantly looking at it with fear. So my thing is, if you learn that, if you learn to value the experience and you learn to value the pain that comes with it, you'll start learning where your anger comes from. You'll start learning how to, to, to deal with it. You'll be open to when you talk to people like myself and other counselors, whatever, to what they're trying to share with you so you can shift yourself from where you say you don't want to be anymore. So I find a lot of people, and myself included, from, you know, when I look back at my past, I was in a lot of suffering. 
never pain. The pain happened. And now as I look back, and I'm talking from in hindsight, as I look back, pain is a good thing. Right? So. It's just, uh, it's, it's tough to, to be in a place right now and go like, okay, this is just a situation that I can learn from in, in a year. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, to realize that, okay, this isn't actually that bad and there's some good out of this. Right. And that's, that's something to work for. Well, you're 24. And, you know, remember, I'm speaking as a 56-year-old man. But when I speak this way, I'm not expecting you to do what I'm doing, what I'm saying to you. You know, a lot of times when, when I'm working with people and I share of, of my life, it's not to glorify myself. It's just to show you if I can do it, so can you. If one person can do it, so can you. It, it, it takes a lit candle to light another candle. So I don't expect you to do what I do, number one, because it's what I do. All I'm doing is sharing with you that at 24 you can understand the power of your choice. People think love is the most important and most powerful en uh, energy in the universe. Maybe so, but in this world that we've created, choices, because choice leads you to love. And if you understand the power of your choice, man, it opens up this world in a different way. You know, and what I mean by that is, Say someone was to bust through this door right now with a loaded gun, put it to my head, cock the trigger, and says, it's done, I'm pulling the trigger. Do I have a choice? No, I guess not. Yeah, I do have a choice. This is done. I'm gonna, he's gonna kill me. Yeah. But I still have a choice in how I meet that moment. That person, that gun, no one on this planet can take away that from me. That's how powerful our choice is. I'll accept, okay. May not like it, but I'll accept. And you could make the choice to beg and plead and You can beg and plead and think you're Mr. you know, think you're George St. Pierre and do some kind of MMA stuff, whatever. It is not gonna work because it's done. Okay. I still have a choice on how I choose to meet that moment. And no one can take that away from me, ever. That's how powerful we are. Our perception and how we choose this. And I'm not talking about sugarcoating rosy colored glasses. I'm talking about being real. But can you in that moment? This is why I believe no one can make you feel anything. You know, when you get in a fight, well, you made, no. I chose feel that way based on what you put forth right you know we do interact with each other but you cannot make me feel any way I'm the only one that can do that it goes against what we've been taught right so to me that's kind of how I look at life and, and don't get me wrong my ego no, super ego brain still always wants to blame someone else or something happens and you know, it wants to react because you know, when, it, when it gets hurt, it wants to lash out. It's a good thing I don't allow my super ego to rule things anymore. Or the other side of, 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 uh, of the teeter-totter of the, of the is, is the id. When you're talking in, in modern-day psychology, you have the id, ego, and super ego. And it's funny how ego sits in the middle. 
And then you've got these two energies where you can be childlike or you can be so full of yourself. And yet ego sits in the middle. So it's finding the balance in everything in life. To me, that's most important. So be 24. How else are you going to do anything if you don't go through what you need to as 24 years old? Too many people are trying to get you to be this way, like somehow this way is better or different. No, your walk is just as valuable. I just choose to see things this way. If it resonates with you, take it. And not just take it blindly, take it and then go f investigate, find out, feel, you know, really play with it and see how it really fits in, into who you are now. And the pieces that don't, you let go. And that's it. You know, we're here to learn from each other. And we sometimes act like it's a magic trick and, or this person's more spiritual or, or this person's more screwed up. <laughs> we're both just as spiritual and just as screwed up. We're all having the same experiences, we just perceive it differently. You're a father now. How are you different than me? But even before you were a father, how are you different than me? Right? Our differences in our perceptions of the experience. Right? Out, outwardly, we may look different, but we're really not. The same things you want for yourself is what I want for myself. The same things you want for your daughter is no different than what I want for my three children. Right? So for me, it's understanding that we're in this together. We have the same experiences. Experiences. We just perceive it differently. So when we speak, it's not about trying to convince you my experiences are more valuable than yours and mine is, mine is right and yours is wrong. It's saying, hey, let's share of our experiences and see the commonality. And, you know, you know if I can help you by sharing my experience and going, you know, this is what I went through when I went through this and blah, blah, blah. You might be able to take stuff and same vice versa. So for me, it's just about if when we speak, it's not trying to convince, trying to fix. There's nothing wrong with you. You're not broken. Trying to figure out who you are in this experience, in this time, that's a different story. How you want to perceive, how you want to walk. But to seek someone's help because you think you're broken, that's what society has conditioned you to believe. And you never were broken. I'm not saying you per se, but just in general, so. Yeah, you said the, you know, this person's really messed up and this person's really spiritual, but it's just, yeah. if you were to start those same people and let a cascade of choices happen, then you can get to a place of being really screwed up for. Yeah. And the so-called spiritual person was the screwed up person. Yeah. And I can kind of see myself at the start of that cascade of choices. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, even even staying in my living situation mm -hmm. is a choice. It's not like I'm stuck there, you know. So that's a key bit of perspective as well. Yeah. Right? You know, even if you're stuck in some place, you still have a choice in how you perceive it. And I, and I learned that. And, and I invite you and, and the listeners and everyone else to do some research on Viktor Frankl. Viktor Frankl is a psychologist. Um, 60s, 70s, I think he passed away in the, in the mid-80s or something. Anyway, he's a, a, 
was Austrian, survived the uh, the death camps of, of Auschwitz, and and um, anyway, I'm a, from my corporate days. I was a seven days seven days a seven habits facilitator, uh, seven habits of highly effective people, and a bunch of other things, but. The first habit is really is about being is being about being proactive. It's really about choice, understanding choice. And Stephen Covey spoke a lot about Viktor Frankl because is in, in in the prisons that he was in, experiencing and witnessing that part of our humanity the dark, negative side, how we treated, how the Germans treated the Jews and the other prisoners. It was in that environment he realized that they still can't touch my perception of what's going on, choice. They can beat me, torture me, they can kill me. They still can't take that fundamental power away. No one can. And you know, that's why I gravitate towards this thinking, because I think that's the truest thing. I think that's even more powerful than love in this world. Is that choice? Because I still have, I you know, I am the captain of my ship, the master of my domain, through the perceptions that I hold, as well as the perceptions that I hold. If we want to do right and wrong, good and bad positive and negative, regardless of what is still my choice in the perceptions that I hold. So to me, it's just really getting people to hopefully understand that. And if going, you know, going inside is a scary thing, to really step inside and, and start understanding who you are. And getting past yourself in this meat suit. And I think one of the things that scares people is when they get inside, when they go inside, Death starts to become something that they think about, and we're we're taught to be afraid of death, and yet death is just another experience, which is transition. Just like coming into this world, you will leave. You know, too many people walking around thinking somehow they're going to get out alive. You know, I listen to so my so-called spiritual friend is all about love and that. It's like, yeah, that's just one part of it. You cannot get out of this alive. You're born to die, period. From being born till you die, that's the biggest part of your life. Those are just two experiences, right? Yeah. What about the gap in between of all those experiences? How do you value those? How do you look at those? How do you look at the ones that you've done already? How do you spend some moments in imagination and focusing on things that you may want to come past, but don't get stuck there, just like you don't get stuck in your past. And to go and visit, to learn, and to go and visit and to build into vision and then to come back and then do. And not get stuck on worrying about choices you haven't made yet. A lot of people get stuck in, in, their, in their future trying to worry about choices they haven't made yet. That's insane. You will drive yourself nuts. You will never be able to rationalize a choice you haven't made yet. Ever. You know what I'm talking about? No, I, that's, that's all the time. I, I used to do it all the time. Yeah. And I, because I, at 24, I'm like, all right, I, the job I have right now, I don't want to have when I'm 40. So what is that going to look like? And then I'm always thinking about how to get to there. Yeah. But I'm never thinking 
from tomorrow, what am I doing to get to there? Yeah. So it's a... Visit. Just don't get stuck there. Yeah. And don't get stuck there trying to answer questions that you haven't come across yet or worrying about experiences that haven't happened yet. Right? If that person was to bust through the door with the gun, I will only know in that moment what I will actually do. Until then, I can intellectualize it all I want. I have no idea what I will do until that moment comes. Same with death. I have no idea how I will handle it until it comes. I like to think I know how I will handle it based on how I am today. It's a good likelihood I'll handle it the way I described earlier, but I don't know. And I accept that possibility. And that's the beauty of life. We don't know. As opposed to fearing it. Mm -hmm. To me, that's the beauty. It's the unknown. Because it's the unknown we get to create. You know, we basically live in imagination all the time because a lot of it is unknown. The only thing I know is I have this moment. And even that could be an illusion. But until further notice, I'll focus on the moment. And I'll visit in my past, in my future. Because that's where fear actually lives, in those two places. Fear doesn't really live in the now. So I'll go back in my past to look for wisdom attached to the experiences that I've had. And I can only really appreciate the wisdom if I look at those experiences with love as opposed to looking back with fear and why was I most wronged or who hurt me or blah, the way we kind of, the victim mentality that we look back with. Same when I go into my future. I go in to look at what it is that I'd like to create, right? What are the things that I'd like to come about? And then I come back here and I do the works that I need to, to, to release if I need to release stuff from my past. And I do the works to put forth things that I want to create. And I accept and I let go because I know the universe will provide the answers I need. I just have to let go of the expectation because it doesn't always come the way I think it should show up. And that's what causes pain with a lot of people. It doesn't show up the way they have in their head, so now all of a sudden the experience is not value. So I've learned to just slow down because I've gone within, I've gone in and I've done my work. I've looked at, at myself. I've looked at my experiences from my past. I've looked at the people in my life that supposedly have wronged me and realized they have not wronged me. Actually, they did me a great service in helping me to get to where I am. I'll use the example of, because I do a lot of work in, in the schools right now talking to young men. I used to always say that I never had a man to teach me what it was like to, what, what it was to be a man. I've had a real positive role model as a, as a young man growing up, as a kid. You know, I had my father, my stepfather, and my uncle. I don't say that anymore, and I haven't said that for years. I had three men that showed me what kind of man I didn't want to be. And that's yeah. just as important. So, you know, I, I, I've, I've learned to to not fear my experiences and not to get stuck in the ones that I want to create. For me, being a role model, I would rather be the kind of person that you learn how to do things from than what not to do. Mm -hmm. And I think that where I'm at right now, it would be more of the what not to do right. kind of stuff. And that's, again, that's me trying to answer questions that I haven't got to yet. Yep. 
so then that's scary. Yep. But to think about me tonight going home cooking dinner, uh, that's fine. That's right? fine, Because like, yeah. it's just, that's going to happen in an hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'll be there doing that, not five years from now. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. What scares you? When you, when you, when you think of your future, hmm. whether it be a day from now or a month, a year, five, what, what scares you? Being in a position where I'm working for somebody else and just barely scratching it together and not actually building anything mm -hmm. of real value right. with my life. Like the, the idea of waking up at 45 and still doing the same job and <laughs> never having realized what I feel like my potential is, right. that's terrifying. So then to, to, I was in that position already and then having a kid feels like it kind of slows you down mm. and hinders you from doing what you want to do just because time is the only resource you really need to do your big goals in life. Right. And, you know, kids eat up a bunch of time. Yeah. But if this kind of a conversation plays into what I ultimately do with my life, well, then I'm here with you now because I have a kid, because having a kid made me realize that I need to work on this stuff. And ultimately, if I can, if I can get out of my own way, I'll be more productive. Yeah. Get out of your own way. Yeah. You know. And that's easier said than done. Oh, yeah. Because you've got this thing in your head. You know, whatever gets you to shift or to create a different experience, to me, is of value. Um, you know, you say you're doing this for, for your little one. You don't want to be stuck in a job. You know, you're 24 now, say you're 40, doing the same thing. That's really up to you. Um, your, your daughter really has nothing to do with it. Your daughter okay. will follow your lead, yeah. whether you're in that job or whether you're being an entrepreneur or whether you're pursuing your music or whatever it is you want to do. She'll follow your lead. I always tell parents, you don't really have to do anything for your kids. They'll actually just, they'll find, they'll follow your lead. All right. But I understand where you're coming from. I understand that fear. You're 24. 10 years ago, when you were 14, do you remember what you were doing? Uh, probably uh, pumping gas at a gas station. Are you doing that now? I am not. But, yeah. More than likely, you will not be doing what you're doing at 40. What I'm doing today, the works that I do in community around inclusion and equity and the, you know, going into schools and working with young men at risk and all this stuff, when I was your age, you think those things came out of my mouth? Hell no. Right. You know, when I was 24, I was a headhunter, a recruiter. I'm not doing that anymore. My point is, if, that, if whatever you're doing today, you're doing it down the road, that's your choice. Whether you think you wanted to or you feel that you didn't have a break or whatever it is, ultimately it is your say because you can quit your job anytime and try and pursue something else. Mm -hmm. But now you've got a child and you feel that you feel that pressure, finance, you've got to keep a roof and food and all this sort of thing. And I get that. I get that. That's a strong drive because this child is dependent on you. And she's what, just over a year now? Yeah. Yeah. 14 months. Something. 14 months. So 14 months ago, 
life was different. Fourteen months from now, life will be different. For whatever reason, we seem to think things aren't going to change, and yet our lives are constantly changing. The universal law of impermanence is that nothing ever stays the same. The problem is, is, is that for some people, they hold on to an expectation. If I do this, then it should be like this. Or I'm 24 years old, I should be at this point in my life. Or I'm 30, I should be, I'm not where I thought I would be. And it's like, really? Show me the game plan that says where Patrick, this is where Patrick should be at this age. And this is what Patrick should be thinking. And this is the kind of man he should be. And this is the kind of father he should be. Show me where that is. Oh, there's one place. It's called right there. You're the one that determines that. No one else. Not even your daughter. Not even your woman. You do. That's how powerful we are. We keep trying to give it away to other people and put it in on other people. No, it's up to you. If you're doing your job in 10 years, the same job, I like to think it's because you love what you do. And if you don't, I figure, I just accept that that's the experience you wanted to have. And it, it would be easier to go, oh, you know, I'd never, it never worked out for me, mm -hmm. not, I never made it work out. Yeah. That's, that's a, a big difference. We're taught to, it's, it's always somebody else, it's always something, it's not me. I, I used to play that game, I don't do that anymore. You know, I, 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 I fully accept all the choices that I make and also all the consequences. And consequence is another interesting word that we've turned into a negative. But as soon as I say consequence, you think it's a negative. Out consequence is just another word, another way of saying it's an end result to a choice that I've made. That's all it is. So to me, it's learning to accept that if I make this choice, it will yield a possibilities of consequences. And whichever one comes into play, or maybe multiple ones comes into play, not always at the same time, but I will accept because I made that choice. I don't always have to like it, but I will accept it. because It was my choice. So with, to me, it's, I bring everything back to choice. How do you choose to perceive this? How do you choose to see this? Number one. Number two, are you worthy? Are you worthy of the things you say you want? Because you know you want stuff. And you know exactly what you want. You ever find that people always tell you they don't know what they want? And then if you talk to them long enough, they'll tell you exactly what it is that they want? <laughs> You've noticed that already. That says to me then, they have an issue around worthiness. Do you truly believe you're worthy of doing the podcast, putting it out? Don't worry if it's going to be success. Don't worry. You're doing it already. I think that... For me to put it out is just to take another step towards being vulnerable. And if I can be maximum vulnerable, then life will actually probably get easier. Yeah. Because if I'm, if I'm constantly trying to, to hide myself away from people, then if I'm trying to get to what I really want to do, that's where I'll get in my own way yeah. of I need to figure out how to not, not really lie about it, but there's a piece of me that I don't want them to know about, so I need <laughs> to shield that away yeah, yeah. while I go for something else. Yeah. But if I just air out everything I don't like about myself, 
and just put it out, well then I can't really get any negative feedback that I haven't told people already. Well, who cares? And who says you have to tell everyone everything about you? You don't have to, you don't have to do a damn thing, my friend. <laughs> Look, vulnerability isn't about opening up the vault and going here. Vulnerability is saying, I am not afraid to show you who I am. I'm not afraid to share with you, you know, my emotions, my fears. Doesn't mean that I, I, I'm, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna open up the closet door and say, okay, go step inside. No, I'll, 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 I'll pull out of the closet what I want to pull out. You know, we got this wrong. I gotta be fully open. No, I will share with you what I want to share. If you ask me a question that's very personal, I will either answer it or not answer it. And if you don't like it, that's your business. Vulnerability is not a weakness. Particularly for men, we've been conditioned to believe vulnerability is, is a weakness and it's a strength. You know, you and I have talked about this before. Yeah. When you're vulnerable with your woman, what happens? It's like it's she wants to get closer to you. Weirdly, things get better. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Because <laughs> women have known that forever, that vulnerability. That's the place where you want to build your relationship. It is not a weakness. It's a tremendous strength. I didn't know that when I was your age. But then if I didn't go through all the nonsense that I went through, I wouldn't have gotten to, the, to this understanding. And then you've got work to do, but you know what I mean. So, so to me, it's, it's learning to embrace that and learning, again, the balance on who I am internally, who I am in this external world, and what I choose to put out. You notice what I said, what I choose to put out. It's completely up to you. There's no right or wrong. So if someone goes, well, you're not being fully honest or full disclosure, I go, how do you know? How do you know it's in my closet? And it's my closet. I can do what I want. It's my closet. It's like my thumb. I still suck my thumb. I'm 56. My mother still gives me a hard time about sucking my thumb. And I go, mom, whose thumb is it? <laughs> I don't care if you don't like it. Yeah. I don't care if you think it's childish. I suck it because I feel good when I do it. It would be understandable for her to be pissed off about you sucking her thumb. <laughs> That'd be a different story. Different story. Why are you sucking but... my thumb? <laughs> but it's my Yours. thumb. Yeah. I don't care what you think. I didn't ask your opinion. Mm -hmm. You have one? Great. <laughs> okay. You don't like it? Not a problem. Right. I'm going to keep sucking my thumb. Because how is it injuring you? Exactly. Live, let live, harm no other. If something I'm doing is harming you, that's a different story. I'll look at that. Because I don't want to harm others. I'm like, okay, how can I not harm you and still honor myself? But when it comes to something like this that really is none of your damn business, okay, you can tell me what you want. I'll just keep doing what I know is right for me. So there's a strength when you get to that level of understanding yourself. I really don't care what people think of me. That doesn't mean I don't want people to like me. That doesn't mean I don't want them to like my poetry or like the works that I do. But I also know that not everyone's going to like what I do. 
So if I focus on just those external validations, I'll miss the boat, I'll miss the whole concept, and it'll cause me a lot of pain that will turn into suffering. Oh, why doesn't Patrick like me? Blah, blah, blah. I don't really care. I want you to, but if you don't, okay. Fine. I will keep moving forward. And a lot of people still to this day struggle with that. And don't get me wrong, I still struggle with it. Once you have done your work, it never stops. And we act like once we, you know, I've done my work and I'm spiritual now and all these experiences will stop and they're not gonna happen again. Uh, no. They will continuously happen. And sometimes some experiences, because you've shifted your mindset and you've shifted your, 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 your worthiness within, those experiences, the gaps between them become longer, but they never go away. You just now know how to really deal with them. More importantly, you now know how to tell the superego, okay, I'm in charge, and my ego works for this. So you listen to what I have to say. It's not the other way around. And when I keep pointing to heart, spirit, God, nirvana, universe, whatever you call your higher power, because your higher power is really you. If you can get to know yourself at that level and understand who you are at that level and beyond the meat suit, you start seeing this differently, you start understanding it differently, you start really understanding that you are not separate from the universe, you're not separate from anyone. In this physical reality, it feels that way, but we're not. So every experience that you create, every experience that you feel has happened to you, has happened because of you. So you can learn and grow from it. Otherwise, why are we here? What, would, what are you going to tell your daughter as she becomes more cognitive? Probably the same thing that I'm speaking. Mm -hmm. Then if it's good for her, it should be good for you. It's just a practice. You'll do it once. You'll do it again. You'll do it again. Look at the so-called negative experiences you've had that you, you keep supposedly doing, doing, doing. Why are you doing it? Because you're getting something from it. But hopefully you're learning from it. And if it's not an experience you want, you'll learn from it to you go, okay, I don't have to do that anymore. But otherwise, how are you gonna get to the, I don't have to do that anymore if you don't come through all those experiences to when you get to the point where you go, I don't have to do that anymore. Instead of beating yourself up, understand why you're doing things, right? I don't, I don't look at this so much as, as problem solving, but instead I look at it like building tools. And the earlier that I build those tools, the more use I can get out of them as my life goes on. Great way to look at it. This is exactly what you're doing. Yeah. You're just adding to your toolbox. And if, and if, I, if, if I have an awareness of what the right way to handle yourself is, but I'm not doing that, then I don't think I can give that advice to a child at 100%. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be a bit of advice and then I'm not taking my own advice, so how do you learn from that? But a lot of young people, and I'm sure I was, when I was a, considered a young person, we always felt the adults were hypocritical, right? Do as I say, not as I do, right? And 
I've now understand that the adults, was, they weren't really trying to be hypocritical. They just don't want you to be in pain or to go through the perceived negative experiences that they went through. When I talk about adults, usually it's your parents or people close to you. And so I, I get why they say that. But at the same time, you can be hypocritical all you want because that's also part of the experience. You're 24 and I'm 56. The perception is I have something to teach you. <laughs> you have lots to teach me. And secondly, we don't want to allow you to be a young bull. <laughs> You're 24. Be a young bull. How else are you going to get to an old bull and learn, especially if you're going to be so-called wisdom? You know, people look at me and go, you know, wisdom, village, grandfather, whatever they think of me. I evolved to this. I was an idiot just like a lot of young men today. Trust me, I have friends that can vouch for that. I did a lot of so-called stupid things, but man, I have no regrets because all of those things brought me to this. So be a young bull and learn as you're going. And there's times you will accept certain wisdoms from others, and there's times you'll just say, screw it, I don't want to hear it. Okay. You'll experience it either way. And I think sometimes older ones kind of forget that, that they were young bulls at one time, and they didn't always like being told what to do. But more importantly, they didn't like being blamed for the world problems. We kind of blame you guys for a lot of shit that has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with us because you're following our lead, just like your daughter follows your lead. So for me, my friend, there's no right or wrong. There's no silver bullet. There's no one solution. It's whatever you say. You know, you are the sun in your universe, and everything else revolves around you. And same with your woman, and same with your daughter. Same with me. And the things that I've done, you can do. But you'll do them your way. I'm not going to sit there and go, you know, why do you come talk to me? Why, why do you seek my advice if you're not going to, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. How many adults do you that? Should, you should be writing poetry. <laughs> yeah. You come to the slams all the time. <laughs> As opposed to, you know, Patrick, thanks for honoring me and, and seeking my words and my advice. And I'll give it to you freely. Yeah. And then that's all I do. Right. Whatever you do with it, that's up to you. Not sitting there, man, next time he calls, I'm not answering. He doesn't listen to me anyway. Right. So that's, that's just, e that, well, super ego. I gotta stop blaming ego, because ego is a good thing. So, you know, let me, I'll put it this way. I did not have the awareness that you had a 24, that you have at your age. Very honest about it, did not. I was afraid, I was scared, I was angry. But I'm glad I was. Because it brought me to this point of my walk. So whatever you are at 24, embrace that, fully embrace it. I mentioned the seven habits. In the seven habits, Stephen Covey talks a lot about paradigms. And there's three paradigms that we all have to go through. There's the, there's the me paradigm. When you're talking about the, the, continuum, the maturity continuum, 
there's the me paradigm, the I paradigm, and then there's the we paradigm. And we all start with the me paradigm. We all come into this world, we're born to a mother and father, or we're born to two mothers or two fathers, or whatever, the, whatever we're born, we're born from woman. And we're coming here completely dependent on those that brought us into this world, whether our parents, grandparents, siblings, the community. We don't know anything. We need people to help us to, you know, to feed us, to, to, to teach us how to bathe ourselves, to go to school and be educated. And we learn from, we learn. And then you go to the I paradigm. I don't need anyone to take care of me as much because now I can start doing things for myself. I'm more self-sufficient. I know how to cook and clean and get a job and I can sustain myself. Doesn't mean I still don't have help, but I can take care of myself now. I'm in the I paradigm. And part of that is how I start formulating and thinking about myself and how I see myself and my experiences and all these things that goes into that. And then you'll get to a point where you're going to want to naturally shift into the we paradigm when you start connecting, like you, some of the things that you and I have talked about and wanting to, 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 to connect more within and, and to, to shine a different example. Now you're looking to jump into the we paradigm. But it's a process. You don't ever jump from, from me to we. You have to go through the steps. And a lot of times we don't want each other to go through the steps. I want you to be 24 and to embrace who you are at 24, not who you are at 56. Look at who you might be at 56 and understand in order for that to happen, there's things that I have to do now to start putting myself on that path. But realize you're already on that path. What perceptions do you hold where you are now? Not where you want to be. That'll take care of itself based on what you do now. How well do you know who you are now? And do you embrace who you are now? All of it. Not some. Because when you don't, you're buying into the perception that something is wrong with you. Not a damn thing wrong with you. You came to have the experience you're having. You know, how many people would have said, oh my God, you're 24 or 23, you have a child or your life's ruined? Oh yeah, I got that from some people. I'm sure you did. Yeah. <laughs> is your life ruined? Yeah, do you much. regret having her? Yeah. Hell no. And as the years go on, you realize it's one of the best things that ever happened to you. I hate when people say, that, oh, your life's ruined now, you just had a child. Oh. I haven't met a person yet that's had a child at 15 or 16 that goes, the worst thing ever happened to me. Not to say it doesn't exist. I haven't come across it yet. So <clears throat> at the end of the day, all this rambling I'm doing, it's really about what do you say? What do you think? More importantly, how do you feel? By you, where you are, how you see, how you hear things, and not beating yourself up when you so-called mess up. I haven't met a person yet that hasn't messed up. You know, we have all the great sayings in the world, but yet when it comes, when people fall down, we, we tend to want to what? Find a way to keep them down or blame them for falling down? No. Fall down. How you get up. That's a different story, right? So, anyway. Awesome. That, that's my rambling, man. That's good rambling. You're quite the rambler. Yeah. <laughs> I've always, you know, I've always been blessed with the gift of 
to, to speak well. It's like this is literally what you do for a living, take the microphones out. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 you know, everything that I do is around sharing of who I am. You know, when people ask me what it is that I do, I'm, I'm just trying to shift our human consciousness to just get us to the point where we value life, mm -hmm. all life, not some life. But I also accept this is where we as a humanity, this is where we are. Mm -hmm. And it's only in discomfort that change comes. And we're in some serious discomfort now as a people, individually and collectively. But that's where change comes from. And so it's trying to get people to embrace that, that discomfort is a good thing. I mean, even myself, because I can be impatient as well. I want things to happen and change. It drives me crazy, you know, when, when, particularly when the choices of, of the adults, the choices that us adults are making, how it impacts the young ones. But then I also accept they made the choice to be here as well. And what I mean by that is, I truly believe our children choose us as parents. I tell my children that all the time. Thank you for choosing me to be your father. But because of that choice, you're going to experience things because of who I am. I remember my son Harris, who's now 18, I, don't know, I think he was probably about 12 or 13 at the time, I can't remember. And he goes, you know, Dad, I'm really good with the choice I made of you to be my dad. He goes, but at times it can be challenging. <laughs> and that's go, a, that's and I, a wise 12-year-old. I go, right fair there. enough. And it's true. Mm. But he's heard that his whole life. Right. My other two have heard that their whole life. I thank them for, for choosing me to be their father. Right? So, you know, I don't know. I, I, you know, when I say I don't know, is I only know what I know. You know, this is just my truth. It's not the truth. And I accept that even my truth could be full of bullshit. <laughs> could be all bullshit. Could be. I could be under some crazy psychosis and this could be all bullshit. But until further notice, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. You know why? Because I love who I am. I love the version of man that I am now. I love the version of man that I aspire to be. And as much as my three children love me and I know they love me, they cannot love me the way I love me, and I love me. I don't say that from an egotistical standpoint. I say it as purely, I love myself. And I know I'm worthy of everything that I desire. Not just some of it, all of it. And I accept that that truth exists for me. It exists for you. And I accept that that truth exists for me. What I want does not hinder what you want. And what you want does not hinder what I want. And I find when we come from that place, we truly want to be vulnerable with each other, particularly as men, we can start shifting this and creating something different where we don't have to do a damn thing for our children. We'll just look and go, let's just do what they're doing. Kind of like what they're doing now. All right, so. I just hope to shift our human consciousness and I don't think about money and it's not that I don't understand and value money, I just, the, so it's just how I choose to live, so. Shifting perspectives for people is more valuable than any money that they could throw at you for so. doing that. I think so. I mean, I got a lot of money thrown at me back in the day and I was never happy. Yeah. You know, now I make the monies that I need to, to, to live 
to take care of my myself and to take care of my kids and 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 then you know to help other people a little bit but you know you know from from this still monetary way we live I don't have a lot of money I don't make the monies that I used to and I really don't care about that anymore uh, you know my way my my if you know if, if if I was to have total control of this world I would get rid of money like that money makes us poor right it makes us poor if you don't have this you don't get this or you don't get food or you don't get shelter how does that speak to our humanity how does that speak to us as so-called spiritual beings or you know religious whatever money makes us poor the way we use it the way we use it against each other I was born on a planet that said I will provide and take care of you. Yeah, you've got work to get stuff, but everything here is for all of us, not some of us. So we've created systems to divide us, to keep us separate from each other. Why? So we can get to the place where we do value and accept each other. How else are you going to get to that if you don't go through these things? Question is, how long do we want to keep having these experiences? Same, look at your own life. You know, when you first came to me, you didn't want to keep having those experiences, so you had to do something different. Mm -hmm. Some of it you kept, a lot of it you didn't. Did I ever once pick up the phone and go, what are you doing, dude? I told you to do it this way. No, because I know you have to get to your place of comfort with whatever it is that you're doing, because it's your perception of this experience you're having. My job is just to be as free as I can share with you the wisdom, hopefully, from my experiences that says, I get it, I've been there, I've been scared, I've been 24, and you know, this is how I see thought things that when I was 24, and this is how I see things now, and blah, blah, blah. And then it's up to you what you're gonna take and go and, 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 and apply into your life and the other pieces you let go. And then you move to the next and you just keep moving to the next. So, I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm just doing, I just, you know, I, I guess somewhere along the line I made a conscious choice to be of service. And I, I have not regretted that. I, w I will never regret it, number one, but I have not regretted that choice whatsoever. It's challenging at times, don't get me wrong. Um, but I have no regrets about it. You know, it's tiring at times, but I, st I have no regrets about it. I wouldn't change a damn thing. So, you know. Here I sit on a Friday afternoon, dead tired, to help a friend out. Why not? Thanks for being of service. Why not? Right. An hour and a half out of my, you know, my, my afternoon, and uh, pretty soon I'll, I'll be home in like 10 minutes, and then I can rest. Okay. You know, so, I don't know, man. It's just sometimes we just you know, get, need to give ourselves a shake and go, what am I saying no to? And a lot of times you, you realize you're saying no to yourself, not to the other person. Right. You're saying no to yourself. So. Let's leave it right there. Sounds good. That was awesome. Thanks, Joel. Thank you. Thank you for valuing me to be a part of your podcast. So I appreciate that. Excellent. Truly, I'm humbled by it. Thank you.
You're welcome, my friend. When's the when's the next inspired word? Next inspired word is uh, Thursday, December seventh, at seven o'clock at the downtown library, our new home. Uh, Five dollars admission, and now we're serving coffee and tea. And but come on out; it'll be the last uh, open mic for the year, you know. And then you know we shut down for the holiday season, and we will be back up again. But it's been a good season so far, you know. Uh, you know, the village continues to support, you know, the Inspired Word Cafe and, you know, what we do on the open mics and when we do the biggest slams, uh, you know, we have a half hour show on Shaw TV. You know, it warms my heart to see, you know, this organic grassroots uplift of culture in Kelowna, you know, that, that's that kind of tied in with, you know, the, the more traditional stuff that, you know, opera and all these sort of things. But there, there's, culture is definitely growing, the arts have definitely grown. You know, it, it's good to, to hear our mayor support art and culture and, and knowing it's not just words, but, you know, trying to find ways to, to make the monies, create monies to, to support, you know, art and culture and programs. Uh, it's good to hear when they're talking about how arts and culture now needs to be part of our economic conversation, a big part of it. You know, we're moving, not moving, we're in this new age of information and creativity and innovation and so you need arts and culture even more. And, and not just to entertain, but to spark those ideas that we want. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm honored and humbled that, you know, IWC plays a small part in that. Um, thing I love most about it is just watching people come out and, and shining their light and even as good shitless as they are half the time they still take the mic and they'll just wow us but more importantly wow themselves you know that they did it and they didn't blow up or anything like that so it's, no, it's pretty cool so come on out and I and I always tell people bring your kids kids are part of the village you know come be noisy it's our jobs as adults to listen more intently to maybe get a little closer to each other and you know not try to banish our kids away and, and shh, be quiet and sit still and no let them come and be no we we that's part of the village so so long short of it yeah it's doing well <laughs> <laughs> all right so all right man thanks man so you have to go and cook dinner oh, yeah. Did I get the stop on this?